What is going on? This is John from Prodigal Church. We're so glad that you've chosen to listen today to our weekly teachings podcast. At Prodigal, we're all about two things, loving God and loving people. The best way to stay connected is to download the Prodigal Church mobile app available at your app store. There you can donate, watch past series, and stay up to date on all things Prodigal. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. Well, welcome to PC Kids Sunday. Uh, we are recording live from my backyard, so if you hear airplanes going by or dogs barking, it's just gonna be part of the worship experience. Um, school's starting, and with that comes lots of change. And change is difficult. For some, it's our kids going off into college. Um, some, your kids are going to their first day of high school or their first day of kindergarten. This season has a lot of uniqueness to it. I remember when my son Dex um, his, had his first day of kindergarten two years ago. His first day of big boy school and uh, we both, Sarah and I, walked him into class and then gave him a hug and then walked away and as we're walking away in the playground we hear mom, dad and then he runs towards us and we're like what's up son? I'm like what's wrong? And he says I just wanted to give you more hugs and kisses and I was like I love you son. It was like the greatest moment of my life. Uh, and Sarah and I are walking away. I'm like, I'm not crying. You're not crying. We're, we're both crying. It was uh, just a moment of beauty. And he had no idea how much that meant to us. Kids have a way of grabbing our hearts and never letting go, even when they themselves are old and gray. They have a supernatural power in our lives to change our hearts, our lives, and our love forever. And today is PC Kids Sunday, and this is something that we do every year here at Prodigal, and we set apart an entire Sunday morning service to share God's heart and our heart for children. Have you ever asked why God designed the human race to multiply by having babies that take years to become adults? Okay, these are the questions that haunt me at night. Why didn't God design the human race so that we multiply like earthworms? Okay, one adult splits to become another adult. Boom, done, easy. Now they're a grown-up as well. He could have done it any number of ways, but yet God ordained that there be children and not just adults. Children stand for something. They point to something. They represent something. They point to an innocence, a beauty that we are called to embrace and enact. Children signify something bigger than ourselves. They stand for the kind of dependence and helplessness and need and insufficiency and faith that is required for adults to enter the kingdom of God. In the ancient world, in the Greco-Roman world in which Jesus was raised, childhood was seen as an insignificant phase of life. Routinely, children were uh, unwanted and were placed on roadside or garbage dumps. This was called exposing them. There was an ancient letter from a mother to a father that said that if the baby that you are pregnant with is male, keep it. If it is female, cast it out. This world, children had no status, no value. The unscrupulous would collect exposed children and raise them to be gladiators or prostitutes or even disfigure or maim them so that they could get more as beggars. This was the world in which Jesus lived, a world that didn't have time for children. And Jesus comes on the scene and places worth and value and attention to children. 
Not only that, he says things like this in Matthew 19, 14. Jesus said, let the children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. If you read that in the first century, it would be so scandalous. The kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these, those who have no power, those who are vulnerable, those who have no influence or value in our society. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. They're insignificant and Jesus places value on the insignificant on children. They're not insignificant. They are invaluable. They are so significant. And we are actually called to emulate them. Jesus says elsewhere that we, unless we become like little children, we cannot enter the kingdom of God. God's heart is for children. So is ours. Here at Prodigal, we place a lot of effort and resources into our PC Kids ministry. And for good reason. D.L. Moody once returned from preaching at a revival meeting and he came to report back to some of his associates and he said there were two and a half conversions. And they said, so two adults and one child? And he said, no, two children, one adult. The adult only gave half their life. Their, the children gave all of it. Our vision here at Prodigal doesn't just include kids. Our vision here at Prodigal is for kids. This is why we spend so much of our time and resources um, on the children's ministry. They matter, they're worth it. They are difference makers for the kingdom of God. And our children's pastor, Pastor Brittany, has done an incredible job leading our kids and helping them to live and love like Jesus. That's the theme of our kids' ministry, helping kids to live and love like Jesus. And they are such a joy. And so if you have never seen or experienced or encountered or watched our kids ministry, we encourage you to check it out sometime or talk to Pastor Brittany about getting involved. It is an absolutely essential kingdom work that's happening here at Prodigal Church and your kids are the biggest and best part of it. C.H. Spurgeon said, I have more confidence in the spiritual life of children than I have in the spiritual condition of adults. I've usually found a clearer knowledge of the gospel and a warmer love for Christ in child converts than adult converts. Yeah, there's this beauty, this innocence, this, they're not jaded. There's a purity that we long for as adults. D.L. Moody said this, if I could relive my life again, I'd spend it doing evangelism for children. And then George MacDonald, over a hundred years ago, he was the hero of C.S. Lewis. He once said, I doubt a man's Christianity unless I can find kids playing at his doorstep. Oh, there's so much truth in that. How we as adults treat and value children matters greatly and reflects how close we are aligned to the heart of God because God adores children. God ordained children. God encouraged us to become more childlike. I can't stress enough how formative our years are as kids in how we view God. And as parents, we show our kids what God is like. And if you're not parents yet, you still show everyone around you what God is like. So whether you're a parent or not, we need to use love as fuel rather than as a reward. So often we use love, encouragement, and praise 
for when people have complied, when they've done what we wanted them to do, when they've made some kind of accomplishment. And we use it as a reward for them, for, what, for doing what we wanted them to do, when they performed. Now we often carry that into our parenting as we get older. But we need to use love as fuel, not as reward. First John 4.19 says this, we love because he first loved us. God's love for us is the fuel that leads us into love. God takes that first step. It is his initiative. It's not our love for him. It's his love for us. Romans 2 said that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. It's his kindness that draws us to turn from the past, to turn from our own selfish living and move to more selfless living in the love of Christ. God didn't love us because we performed. He didn't love us because we did all the right things. He didn't love us because we were good enough. His love for us led us to turn away from selfish living. There's this new song uh, that our worship pastor Eric sent me. And, and the first line of the song got me. You had me at hello. It's the, the, the first verse of this song says, I've never heard you say, what have you done for me lately? What have you done to earn my grace? And it's speaking towards God. It's this beautiful worship song. It says, what have, I've never heard you say, God, what have you done for me lately? What have you done to earn my grace? I just find that so beautiful. The song had me at the first line. God uses love and affection as fuel, not as a reward, and we need to do the same thing. Now I'd like to close our time together with three stories. A story of a father, a story of a son, and a story of a mother. And I believe that you will find yourself in one or all of these stories, whether you are a parent or not. I read of a pastor counseling a dad once, and the father was struggling with his relationship with his kids. And over and over again in this meeting, the, the, the father said, I just sacrificed so much for them. I worked so hard for them. It's all for them. Everything I do is for them. And the pastor had an uneasiness in this spirit, like in, in his own spirit. He didn't know if it was God or if he was just a little tired of what the dad was saying. And so he asked the dad, would you go to work if you didn't have kids? And the dad said, well, yeah. He said, well, would you go to your specific job if you didn't have kids? And he said, yeah, well, I, I love my job. He said, would you work as hard as you do if you didn't have any children? And he goes, well, yeah, probably. Then the pastor said, well, that's not sacrifice. It's not a bad thing, but you can't count it as sacrifice if you would do it if you didn't have any kids at all. It's a sacrifice when you do something that you don't want to do that doesn't necessarily benefit you but benefits someone else. That's a sacrifice. Parents, dads and moms, sometimes we need a reality check in this, right? Your kids don't care about your job. Your kids care about you, care about being with you, sitting next to you, watching a movie with you, reading a book with you, eating food with you, laughing with you, joking with you, traveling with you. This is what our kids care about. Sometimes we think, well, well, I've worked all day. I've worked out all day, so I get out of playing with them. I gotta do me when I get home. You would have gone to work anyway. That's not sacrifice. Sometimes we need a reminder. For a child, love is not spelled L-O-V-E. It's spelled T-I-M-E. 
and now a story about a son. No surprise, it's a story about my son. Sometimes I think that if I didn't have kids, I would have nothing to say to you. God has used my children so many times to teach me and to speak to me. And I've told this story before. And by the way, there are certainly times when I tell the same story multiple times. If you've been to Prodigal for any length of time, you'll probably hear certain stories come up again and again. That does happen. But sometimes you guys will go out of your way to tell me, hey, Pastor John, you've told that story before. Okay, and that's fine. I can handle that. Okay, but sometimes you're wrong. A few weeks ago, I was speaking about temptation. And uh, for our, this was for our Half-Truth Sermon Series, that God will never give you more than you can handle. And I told the story about milk duds in my mother-in-law's pantry and how the milk duds, I was tempted by those caramel delicious chocolates and, uh, and it, I dealt with this temptation. They were speaking to me and they were delicious. You remember the story, okay? I had people come up to me and go, Pastor John, you've told that milk dud story numerous times. No, I haven't. That was a brand new story that just happened the week before. I'm just tempted multiple times by those milk duds in the pantry. That's, that's not me telling the same story. That's me getting tempted by the same thing again and again and again. Anyways, I've told this story before, but it bears repeating for me in my own life and perhaps in your life. Years ago when my son Dex was three years old, I was going through a very tough situation at work. People were frustrating to me. A person was particularly frustrating to me. Can you relate whether you have kids or not? Someone, and they just, man, it messes with your head. It messes with your mind. And I was going through a tough situation and I was playing with my son Dex downstairs and we were playing with a monster truck. And uh, I kind of sigh and grunt as we're playing. You know what I'm talking about? Like you're doing something, you're trying to keep your mind off of something else. Um, someone or something is frustrating you, so you just kind of, uh, like they're not even a part of it, and like you're far removed from it, and it still affects you in a visceral way where you just, when you think about it, you're just, uh, that was me. I'm playing monster trucks with my son, and then I, uh, and he says, what's wrong, dad? And I took it like, he's three, I took it like as a God moment. Like God is going to speak to me through my son. And so then I just start laying out my problems at work to my three-year-old, okay? And he's attentive, okay? He puts down the monster truck, has, still has his hand on it, but he's listening to me intently. And I'm explaining in, you know, very simple terms uh, why I'm frustrated with this person at work. And I feel like God's gonna use my kid here to speak to me, to give me peace about this situation. And I finished talking and now I'm waiting for his response. I'm waiting for my prophet, the prophetic response from my son. This moment where God's gonna speak through my three-year-old, what's gonna happen? And as he looks at me, like he's getting ready to say something that just means something to my very soul, he picks up that monster truck and says, dad, this is dragon and he's gonna do a backflip. And I was just like, thanks God, thanks God. And then I sunk my head in exa exasperation, but I stared at the floor. And as I stared at the floor, I began to think that Dex really was prophetic in that moment. My son was not bogged down by my problems with people at work. He was living in the moment and that monster truck was gonna do a backflip. 
Didn't matter what was going on around him, that monster truck. Didn't matter what his dad was going through and dealing with, that monster truck was gonna do a backflip. God was saying to me in that moment, be fully present. Look at the beauty around you. Don't let all those other things steal your joy. Enjoy that backflip in Jesus' name. I often let frustration at work hinder my time at home. I let life-draining people and life-draining events hinder my life-giving relationships, okay? Is that you too? Let me say it again. Don't let life-draining people and life-draining events hinder your life-giving relationships. God is saying that to you now, whether you have children or not. And Jesus says, be like children, live in the moment, that's right, live in the moment that's right in front of you. Don't let them, don't let the bad things, the frustrating things, the frustrating people, the life-stealing people take away your joy in that moment. And I'll close with this story. Story about a mom sitting in a church service next to her adult son. And her adult son had gone off to college. He got a job out of state and he came back into town to visit his mom and it, it was such a joy for her to sit next to her boy, her grown boy, um, at church that weekend. And the pastor, as he's speaking, says this, raise your hand if you grew up thinking that you had to be good for God to love you. And the mom waited. She had felt that that was definitely her when she was growing up. And she hoped for others to raise her hand. And her heart was racing, but she eventually raised her hand. She lifted it up. That's how she grew up fearing that you had to be good for God to love you. And then as hands went up across the sanctuary, she heard a little bit of rustling in the seat next to her. And her heart stopped as her son's hand went into the air as well. Now, if this mother had a list of things in life that she wanted to get right, that she prayed to get right, that she worked hard to get right, it would be motherhood. It would be parenthood. That would be number one. Her whole life flashed before her eyes. She grew up thinking she had to be perfect to earn God's love. And when she became a mom, she began to parent that way as well. So sitting in a church service with her 24-year-old son, with both hands raised in the air, acknowledging how they grew up, she reached over, put her hand on his hand. And she says, sorry, babe. I know better now. And her son looked at his mom and put his raised hand now on her hand and says, that's all right, mom. I know better now too. I think that's beautiful. That even in her failures, there is humility and growth. And in that moment, there's this growth in her, in her relationship with God and also in her relationship with her son. PC Kids Sunday, 2021. These are the three things I encourage you to remember. Sacrifice for others, not just for yourself. Live in the moment. Don't be bogged down by negative people and negative situations. And finally, show others that God loves them no matter what. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God, I pray a blessing over our PC Kids ministry. I pray that these children, you keep them safe during the school year, that you bless them in their homes, that this year, somehow, some way becomes the best year of their lives. We pray for great growth in their love of you and their love of others. Bless our kids' ministry, God. May they be the future of making your name uh, great in this world. 
in this nation, in this city. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to thank you so much for joining us online at Prodigal Church Fresno. Next week is our end of summer service, and it's just an excuse to have a great big party. So we're going to have a giant water slide, and we're going to have some snow cones and some music after church, and uh, it's going to be an absolute blast. So we want to encourage you to come, and we are praying for you and your families as kids go back to school this week, and we pray God's peace, blessing, and safety, and most of all, his love, grace, and peace.